ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN1420 app. Welcome back into the show, everybody. Good morning. Hope everybody is uh, staying safe out there. I hope you've made all of the proper safety precautions getting ready for this storm that's going to just uh, arrive around here in a couple of hours. And uh, safety first. In the meantime, we are going to talk some sports with uh, our friend Gus Catgill right now here on the Great Scott Show. Pro Nola segment and our Saints and Pelicans correspondent Gus Catgill from over there in New Orleans. And Gus, for uh, for a little while there, Sean Payton was ready to pick up and move that game Monday night if he had to. But as the storm veered more west, he decided, you know what, we're just going to stay put. Yeah, you know, and, and it's just been, a, as you guys know, too, um, an interesting couple of weeks, man. Uh, you know, one day it's you're going to get hit by two and then it get by none. And, you know, I mean, look, we, we, we're doing no different than, than what they're doing. I mean, this week I had that chat. We made our plans. We had a place to go. Um, and then once you make your plans and make the decision if you're going and when you're going, it's sit and wait because you, you have to wait until it gets close and you kind of have a little better idea. But I, I think – you know, everyone in this city did the same thing that Saints did because, they, you know, this is where they live. So not only does it involve practice, but also it does involve their families and, and where they're going to go and, and what you do with them. So it's just it's just one of those things that we deal with, unfortunately, uh, living in, the, in these parts, man, as you know. Yeah, no doubt, man. Um, let's take a look at uh... – the the, uh, the injury report this week, and uh, Michael Thomas, Marshawn Lattimore, Andrews Pete, Jared Cook, Marcus Davenport, all present at practice, uh, Deontay Harris, Janoris Jenkins, Justin Hardy, Trey Hendrickson, uh, not spotted there today. Um, Tommy Lee Lewis back on the practice squad. I know folks haven't thought of that. But the health of this team, let's start with Michael Thomas because he practiced last week, uh, Gus, on a limited basis. And now he's back at practice this week. Typically, the way it's worked in the Peyton Breeze era, you know as well as I do, for the last 14-plus seasons, you practice during the week, you're probably going to play unless there's a setback just before the game. Well, with Thomas, they said it's not really about, you know, whether or not he's practicing. It's about risk of re-injury, which I find interesting. I mean, I get it, but it's just if if you're worried about it being re-injured, why is he practicing at all? I mean, look, I'm not there. The media's there for only, you know, short snippets. So with all of that, if you've got a bye week after this next Monday, what what what's the risk first reward of playing Thomas this week? Lord knows they they need him. I mean, we can we'll talk about the win over Detroit and things that look good there, but let's not pretend like they don't need the the offensive player of the year. What what do you, what would you do with Michael Thomas at this point, knowing that, okay, if he practices this week, he could maybe play Monday, but he's still limited versus, well, he could practice this week, and then we have a week off after this one, and he'll basically have six weeks to get that thing fully repaired and healthy and good to go. Well, Scott, I think you look at it, uh, and just all you do is you look at history, and history tells you how the Saints approach it and how they deal with it. You can look at recent history, and um, how Sean Payton's approached it is, even with Drew and others, uh, but you will see what I saw last week, and it made sense, and I said it, right, because you just mentioned that report that it's about risk of injury. That report came out to make you still think he was playing. What the Saints have done, especially the last two seasons, is they practice a player the week before he actually comes to see how he gets there, yeah. how he feels, 
And he, so he'll go through a week of practice to kind of get him ready to go, act like you're going. It helps you, obviously, with getting the other team thinking you're going. But I think it's more about the player recovering, getting ready to go. You get dressed. You go through the warm-ups. You do all that stuff. And then, you know, you're not going to go on Sunday. We'll tell you no. They've done that the last two seasons. So when you see that Michael Thomas was limited, and I'm like, that's exactly what they're doing. That report was just to kind of make the – the Lions think that he still can play or can, which I don't know at this point, man. Um, if teams really kind of plan differently, knowing if a player is playing or not to that extent, because I think the Saints themselves learned that lesson in that year that they won the Super Bowl and dealing with the, the Cowboys, you know, we'll never forget that game, a losing streak coming done because Sean Payton said they didn't think that guy was going to play and he dominated from the defensive end position. Yep. So, I don't know if that's still the same thing anymore. But so you look at that history, and then, Scott, I would point to the fact that he isn't just a regular player. He is Michael Thomas. He is the guy that set records and catches. So you look at how they treated Alvin Kamara last year. They had a buy, I want to say, that they, in that time that they sat him down, I came out last year and said, a guy like that where – strength and stopping and planting and cutting is so important for him. You sit him until that guy is as healthy as he can be um, because it takes away who he is. And even still, he mentioned earlier this year that it still took away who he was and what he could do. So I think from all those aspects of it, I agree with you. you got a bye week coming up. The Bears, Panthers, and Bucks. Um, those, again, every game is important, but those are NFC games. This game is an AFC game. Of course you want the win. But we saw last week the offense be able to, to kind of start to look more like themselves. We saw a connection with Sanders. We saw Traquan Smith step up a bit. You're facing a rookie quarterback who's played very well, but this team still was unable to hold on to a 17-point lead last week. So, uh, you know, at Tampa, they were unable to hold the lead against Kansas City. Now, you can look at that conversely and say they led Kansas City and Tampa, so they're a good football team. Um, I do think, though, the Saints are trending upwards. And so, look, if I had to choose, I see Michael Thomas, you know, after the bye week against the Bears. I mean, that would be me. It, it, you got – you, you you mentioned Kamara last year, and yeah, he he sat out the game in Chicago, and so did Jerry Cook, and I think was, then they came back, and then it was just it didn't matter for Kamara. We just constantly dealing with the injury. Now you you get back, and 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 fans. I mean, I I pointed out going into the season why you needed to sign him to an extension. My thought was everyone's sort of caught up in what they saw last year when he was hurt. Remember how dynamic he is when he's healthy, and Lord knows we've seen it. I mean, he is so good, Gus, whenever he's healthy. But I, I bring him up to just point out last year, whenever he was dealing with the injury, how different he was playing. And he's a very different player than Michael Thomas, to your point. There's no doubt about it in terms of his strength and the different ways he utilizes it on the field. I just know that you, you need Michael Thomas long-term more than anything. And if you're saying that it's all about risk of re-injury, I won't be surprised if we see him practice again tomorrow and Saturday and then maybe not play Monday night because you've got that bye week after it. The Chargers, though, you know, they're 1-3, and three, but uh, they're kind of a feisty 1-3, and three, right? Anthony Lynn announced yesterday that Justin Herbert would remain 
the starter. And before we talk about him, Gus, all I, Gus Cattengill, our Saints and Pelicans correspondent, our guest, ESPN1420.com. I'll be honest, when I saw yesterday that Anthony Lynn said Justin Herbert is going to remain our starter, the first thing I said is Tyrod Taylor's lawsuit against the team doctor just got even bigger in L.A. Yeah. Um, how? I mean, how? I, <laughs> I mean, his lung got punctured by a doctor. I mean, what kind of? He was a starting NFL quarterback, and then that happened. And I, I feel bad for him. I'm not trying to make light of it, but I mean, you, like I me, mean, you got to be thinking there's a major lawsuit down the road for that guy, right? Yeah, and the other thing too, Scott, is you would think that, but the day that that happened and that what came out, um, the next day on Monday, I want to say there were reports from an NFL player tweeted, and I saw. I remember it was an NFL player that tweeted that it's a little known fact. The players may or may not know it. The new CBA that they agreed to, if you um, accept treatment from a team physician, they are not held liable to be able to be sued. That's wild. That's wild. But what if it's like, what if it's not? Ah, that's crazy. Even if they puncture your lung? Yeah. Now, you know, that doesn't mean you can't maybe go civilly or something. I I lost my job from it. I don't know. know. But I I think, and again, he didn't specify when he said you can't sue. That's crazy. Now, does that mean you can't sue the Chargers? But can you sue the doctor? Right. Or is he protected under the charge of being a team physician? So, all right. I mean, I'm with. I mean, it's another like, so bottom line, he's, I guess, still getting paid, so his wages aren't lost. But I, I, I guess your argument would be that if I started, I might be able to get another contract. Maybe that's your argument. But they're not cutting him. He's just not playing. So he's still getting his salary. Well, yeah, the the argument is, you know, it it can never be disproven of, you know, I lost my starting job because the doctor put a hole in my lung, Um, which is actually factual. Now, he might have lost it eventually, uh, but but Herbert, uh, he is, look, I mean, five touchdowns, three picks in three games, uh, all losses, but, you know, a close loss to Tampa, a close loss to Casey, Guy's completed 77 of 107 attempts for almost 1,000 yards. Uh, he's just a rookie. I get it. And we've seen it before, Gus. Sometimes a young player will come out, you know, a little hot, and the more film that's on him, things slow down a little bit. Uh, all that being said is, you know what? He's been impressive in his three games. I mean, I can overanalyze like I just did before I made that statement. But it'd be one thing if he had just been stinking it up. In fact, if he had, my guess is Coach Lynn's probably like, all right, we're going to go back to Tyrod just because in his mind he feels like the Chargers could actually win this year. And the fact that he's kind of just going with Herbert. And, look, that's the long-term play as well. I get it. But the kids look pretty sharp in three games. He's had some mistakes here and there, Gus. But overall, for rookies, I'd say he's looked all right for a team that with all their injuries nobody really expected much out of this year. Yeah, no, again, and, and look, um, I think it's, it's, it's been an interesting topic this week in terms of, you know, team doesn't involve the Chargers and it's in a different conference, but you're seeing Dwayne Haskins getting benched in Washington and hearing Ron Rivera say, look, he hasn't had the time to develop. He didn't have a, a lot of football practices. His 11 starts isn't enough. He didn't have OTAs and all that. But, man, I'll tell you what's interesting is you look at Joe Burrow, who's over 1,000 yards, three 
straight 300-yard games uh, passing. Herbert's had an incredible start, and none of them were uh, guys that, you know, had OTAs or minicamp and something like that as well. So um, I think you're easy. Uh, it does help to have those. You didn't have OTA and minicamp, and Drew Brees and Saints offense struggled. So um, I think some people just handle it better than others, and at the end of the day, though, if you have the talent and you can do it, you can do it. And to me, Burrow and Herbert just have it um, a little further along in different aspects of their game, perhaps, than Haskins and others. But it is interesting. You look at some of these young quarterbacks, sometimes it takes some time um, to develop. I mean, Josh Allen's being talked about an MVP right now in Buffalo. He's been in the league a little bit. Sam Darnold still kind of looks a little lost, even though the Jets are a disaster there. But you can kind of look at how some of these young quarterbacks sometimes develop, sometimes they don't. Depends what team they're on. It depends how good they can be and what's their cast around them. So, look, the Chargers um, were a playoff team not too in the distance, you know, and, and past. And you have good receivers running back, you know, Bosa uh, on the D-line. They got a huge extension, a nice head coach. So, um, if he can just do his job, you have a good team there. So that's what Sean Payton said. They've been familiar with the Chargers. They've practiced in training camp, you know, had an open practice. They've, um, you know, together, and they've also done, um, you know, playing games, uh, preseason and regular season. So they're familiar with this organization and, and franchise and coaching staff, which um, I, I think helps a bit. Gus Cadengill, Saints and Pelicans correspondent, our guest, ESPN1420N.com. Well, last week, Saints got what they needed in a win against Detroit. Got that early 14 to nothing, and then the offense really got into a rhythm, Gus. They ran the ball exceptionally well. They they ran different plays out of the same look, especially early. Um, you know, and I, and I think it just was key. I think it opened it up. You know, whether you're running out of the same look, whether it be the handoff to Kamara or the throw to Callaway or – uh, a little back shoulder throw to Emmanuel Sanders, mixing it up, getting different looks you want. And it just seemed like once they got a couple of early first downs, it, 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 and then I think the biggest play of the season thus far, the fourth down throw, where you're down 14-7 to and you decide, okay, let's get Kamara isolated against the slot corner. He cooks him, and Breeze throws a, a perfect pass. Um, it just... There was a there was everyone talks about the run game and and rightfully so. I mean that was huge and that opened up everything and it really opened up play action. But I just love that they were play, they were given a lot of different plays out of the same look early in that game. And you know once you get the Lions in a cover one look, I mean Breeze just absolutely shredded them. Like on that Camara wheel route, like on the Traquan Smith twenty yard touchdown, like on the Traquan Smith nineteen yard gain on that huge third down in the fourth quarter that was just such a difference maker. Um, and, and as a result, you know, Breeze got into a rhythm. He was accurate, and the Saints offense uh, looked, without question, as, as good as it's looked this year. How much stock do you put into it of, okay, they're, they've, they're, they're now in a rhythm. This is a team that just look at the last, you know, six, seven years. They start out slow. In the month of October, they're really good. How much do you think this is a sign of things to come, versus they were playing a bad football team in Detroit? Well, I don't think, and I, I, we talked about this last week, I didn't know how good the Lions were going to be. I mean, their losses came to undefeated teams, so you had to give some respect there. And look, they jumped out to 14-0 lead, but they've also lost leads um, in, in the year as well. 
But there's a reason the same for Super Bowl contenders. And, Scott, I think a truth in the first quarter of the season is that the Saints are a playoff team. Now, if the offense can't be more dynamic and their defense can't stop the pass as, you know, better, I don't – they're not a Super Bowl contending team just because of the teams that I would put there right now have an elite quarterback. And I don't know if Drew Brees is elite anymore. Doesn't mean he's not very good. But – those two guys and Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers right now can single-handedly win you a game. I don't know if Drew can do that to an extent. Can he lead you down the field? Can he make the right decisions? Yes, but it's limited. It's limited. He can't just fling it um, all around the field and make plays with his arm. That's just not where he's at. Again, doesn't mean they can't win, but when you go up against talent that can, you're at a disadvantage. So, the, the margin for victory is a little slimmer than perhaps it has been, right? I mean, you saw it with this Charger team leading the Chiefs, did everything they could right. KC, for some reason, that day just didn't have it. But Pat Mahomes, elite, made two athletic, amazing plays to tie it and go ahead and win the game. So, period. I just That's what I mean, that that has the ability to do so. But when you look at it and why I think it's – um, a, a reason to be positive about it, Scott, is because I look at the Saints in the first quarter of the season and say they're a playoff team, and the areas that they can improve on are improvable. In other words, when you look at other teams, they don't have this. They could use that. They're just not very good here, right? Like, I mean, I, I'm surprised because we've seen the Cowboys' defense be better, but, like, you can see, hey, they just can't stop anybody. I don't you know, this defense doesn't have how pass rush or things of that nature. I look at the Saints, and even though they struggled on pass rush and doing that, they have the ability to do it, right? If Marcus Davenport ever shows up and plays, it's going to free up Cam Jordan more and help him. Um, Rankin's still working his way back, but him and Anyamata have done very good rotating there. Hendrickson's filled in beyond admirably, if you ask me. Um, Marshawn Lattimore has played adverse. She hasn't played like a shutdown corner looking for a big contract, right? Janoris Jenkins' contract here. You saw him play big in Tampa, and then you saw some of those penalties. Um, Marcus Williams, I think he's still – I'm still waiting for him to be the Marcus Williams we first saw. Yep. Um, Malcolm Jenkins is Malcolm Jenkins, but I still think you're capable of seeing how he played against Green Bay, and then, unfortunately, you're capable of seeing how he plays against the Raiders. But my point is you have players – that I think can play better and can be better. And on the offensive end, we still, while we can focus on the skill positions and Michael Thomas not being there and Drew not looking like Drew, Scott, it was a point I made on my show Thursday. We have not seen a full game this year, and I know there's only four, but we haven't seen in four games a full half, much less a game, where you have the starting offensive line you want and and an offensive line that finishes the game that you start with. So they got to get healthy. And if they get healthy on the line, I think everything else opens up. And then if that connection with Sanders and everything continues to grow and Michael Thomas comes back and he's healthy, then that's going to have everything. What I do like and why I think also, Scott, that it's going to be a continuation of things to come is Sean Payton at least is showing the – desire, want to, or understanding that he had to adjust. 
and he has to adjust that philosophy. And part of adjusting that philosophy is understanding you have to use your backs, man. I, I thought for sure that's where you were going when you opened up the show. This looks more like Ingram and Kamara. And, and that's where I think we need to go. Kamara is your stud. You use him in a pass in the run game. But, man, I love how he used Murray against Detroit. I like defining through a screen to Murray. I've been screaming that on my show for weeks. I wish it was more than one. But, and I understand it's taking away and all that. But you can use those guys. You can ride those guys. We had Sean Fazan on on Tuesday. I asked him what he wants to see in the next quarter of the season. He said more. More smash mouth, more ground and pound. Look, it's what, in my mind, has kept the Saints from winning the Super Bowl the last two years. They get to the playoffs, and it depends way too much on the pass. And if somebody makes an adjustment or the O-line is banged up and Breeze is pressured, they can't win that game of physicality. And if you can run the football, it's going to help Drew's arm through the season. It's going to help the drives. You don't have to rely on as much of the passing game and you can tire teams out. So I think you're going to see it more and continue. ESPN 1420.com, Saints and Pelicans correspondent Gus Catton. Go of ESPN 100.3 in New Orleans, our guest. Let's follow up on that because I was going to Latavius Murray next. He just, he, he's really a solid player, man. You know, to I mean, against the inside zone run, he was terrific um, against Detroit. I think seven or eight of his carries were there, including his touchdowns. Uh, Nick Easton did a nice job. Cesar Ruiz looked good. You know, just kind of power running. Now, the whole O-line as a whole, when Ethan Greenwich had to go in there for ramp check, it got a little shaky. But Murray, man, I mean, there was one where the 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 the, the blocks weren't there and he kicked it outside for a seven-yard gain. He's just – he doesn't get as many touches perhaps as he should. But, like, when is the last time Latavius was in a game and you were like, what is he doing? Like, when have you had that thought when, when Latavius Murray? Sometimes, uh, what's that? Like, it, it doesn't happen. No, I, you know, like, yeah. usually when you're watching, it's not like he does something that makes you just drop your jaw like Kamara or, or gets so many touches and is so consistent and so incredible the way Michael Thomas is. But, but the value in a guy like that that's just solid and consistent to where you're never like, what is he doing? Like, why, what, what the heck? Like, he doesn't make you, like, just, like, pull your hair out. Like, oh, my God, just you're driving me crazy. Guy. I just thought it happened with Murray. He is consistent. He is smooth. And he is a guy that, frankly, you know, as, as they move forward in this season, deserves more touches in that offense. When you run the ball the way they did powerfully, and that opens up the play action, and, and, and you're able to just use a lot of different things. A part of that is Sean Payton getting, you know, away from it. And part of it is circumstance and where you're at in the game whenever you get down by a number of points and it's late in the game but 14 nothing early I mean you're only a few minutes in they they didn't even think about getting away from the run they stuck with it and uh, and as a result they just opened up the whole offense now you're going to need it again because let me tell you something the Chargers their pass rush is a hell of a lot better than Detroit's I mean they've got some really good pass rushers we don't know about Ramchek status yet. Lord knows. Hopefully he plays. If not, eesh. I just it's it's scary to think about. But the way you can negate some of that pass rush is by running the football. And I, God, Gus, I hope they don't get away from it Monday night because if they do, they're 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 going to be three and two heading into the bye. I really think that's the key. Yeah, I mean, look, and and I think the key with that run game is it'll open up a lot of different aspects of it too. And um, look, I wonder as well, Scott, with um, 
what you've seen already, kind of getting that that rhythm and that sort of, um, I wouldn't even say thunder and lightning, but what have you. And you haven't had Michael Thomas. Look, Michael Thomas is going to open up things, right? I mean, it, it makes that safety kind of peak that way. It makes that corner kind of look that way, that running back, uh, I mean, that linebacker. So, um, and he's a physical presence as well. Look, I think one of the things that really stood out uh, in the win against the Lions was how they, um, the receivers and Sanders and Traquan Smith blocked. I mean, you heard Alvin Kamara say they blocked their tails off and um, how much they helped. Thomas is a very good blocker as well. And I think that that's something that this team can, can really just continue to, to build on. Look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Saints offense start to put on little more consistent efforts. Because, look, Scott, as well as you saw some of the things in, in the Lions, they still didn't score in the fourth. And, you know, it, it's remarkable because even Bree said it's hard to score five straight times. They had five straight scoring drives but couldn't get any points in the fourth quarter. And that game was closer than probably it should have been. So there's still room for improvement. But, again, that's why I feel, like I said before, I think it's going to continue. I think it's going to be the trend, and I think it's what we're going to see because that's fixable. It's not like looking at a team and going, man, we don't have a quarterback. It's not like looking at a team that goes, man, they just can't score. That's a bad football team. I, I don't think that's the case. So I, I don't know. I don't know if it's wishful thinking or hoping, but – um, I think we, we might start to see a bit of a run, which is, like you alluded to, almost the trend in the last several years with this team. Yeah, I, I'm. we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, speaking of trends, I'm going to give you a stat about the Saints in the month of October that you're welcome. I'm just going to tell everybody now, you're welcome. You can make some money. I'm just saying. I'll explain when we come back right after this. Plus, Traquan Smith, best career game. More to come or just another kind of flash in the pan and back to what we've seen. We'll, we'll dissect, we'll analyze, we'll break that down a little bit. A few more minutes with our friend Gus Catton. Yeah, we're right back right after this. It's ESPN 1420.com. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. Everybody, good morning. This is your uh, only local show today. I'm Scott Prather. We will air national ESPN radio, the Dan Levitard Show, coming up at 9 and uh, this afternoon, we'll be running some national programming as well. We got NBA Finals game four tonight for you. But with Hurricane Delta coming down on us and expected to be here uh, in just a few hours, we're, uh, we're getting everybody else out of the building. I'll be leaving as soon as the show ends. Really appreciate Gus Cattengale, our Saints and Pelicans correspondent, for being in here with me this morning and um, chatting from uh, over there in the Crescent City. Gus, here's a stat for you. The last time the Saints didn't cover a game against the spread in the month of October was week five of 2016. I mean, oh. it, it was a, it was a oh. loss to the Eagles. The Saints have covered 18 straight games in the month of October against the spread, 18 in a row. They are 17 and one straight up in the month of October. Um, again, you got to go back to 2016 I think it was I think it was the Eagles. Uh, they lost the game 39-17, Lincoln Financial Field. Brandon Browner actually had an interception in that game, which just sounds crazy to say now. But that I mean that but that's how that's how long ago it was, Gus. You talk about the month of October and 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 who knows why this team gets off slow, but uh, look, 
there's some things to be concerned about with the team, and yeah, they're coming off of a win, and oh, it was just Detroit. I'm just looking at recent history with this squad, and recent history tells us in the month of October, the Saints really get it going. And what's this? Let me let me look real quick. The spread for this game is Saints minus seven and a half. I'm just telling you, the last 18 in the month of October. 18 straight, the Saints have covered. So I think the Saints are going to win Monday night, Gus. I mean, the month of October, plus how they looked last week, plus that, you know, you got some key guys that are practicing against this week. A lot of signs are pointing in the right direction for the Saints in this game Monday night. So it's incredible that stat. And because when I saw that, that line earlier, I thought that was, I thought seven and a half was high. You know, I thought seven and a half was high. Um, and again, it, that me feeling that way, Scott, really only comes from the fact that I just um, don't know and, and waiting for that consistency, if that makes any sense. Because um, like I told you, I just literally spoke to you about uh, a handful of reasons as to why I think that offense will continue to work. So it's just about that consistency and having, but Look, I, I think I understand that stat, as remarkable as it is. And it's because there's one thing that we do know from Sean Payton. He is a good coach. And it is going to be remarkable to look back in time as to why, though, if he had an Achilles heel and as to why maybe he may not end up with as many playoff wins or Super Bowls than he probably could have is, is, is the slow start. Um, that could have come back and haunt him from getting him uh, home field and things of that nature. So um, I don't know the reason behind it, but he makes adjustments. He figures it out. And I think that's one thing you can say that Sean Payne has done. Your stat proves it. Your stat tells me that after a month of football, he figures out what needs to improve on this football team, what doesn't, and, and, it, and it happens. It also tells me about the leadership that he's tend to have had on this football team where they can make those adjustments, they can understand that, and then they do get it done, right? So um, that is remarkable to me. I mean, look, it, it, it doesn't have really anything to do with what you're talking about, but it does. You look at this week, the NFL, um, Vice President Sam Atko, and, you know, he's when the Titans that they're just not following protocol. I mean, it. This talk this week of giving them an L for all the stuff that they did. You have Stephon Gilmore going and have dinner with Cam Newton after he tests positive for coronavirus. I mean, it's just, it, it's just, it. You don't have locker room issues with the Saints, and I think you have people that know what they're capable of. And and I think being in that quote unquote Super Bowl window maybe is why that is what it is. Um, because Scott, since 2016. You know, the Saints have had high expectations, and the Saints have improved talent-wise to the point where they went to an NFC Championship game and they were a 13-win team. I understand. Look, you can't beat 13-win teams and playoff teams if you're not winning games, putting on some things together. Gus Caggill, our Saints and Pelicans correspondent. Uh, lastly, Gus, Traquan Smith, I think his best game uh, as a pro, I thought he was, obviously, everyone thought. I mean, he was phenomenal on Sunday. Uh, took that shot to the ribs, that cheap shot, came back, um, 
didn't have the dropsies like we've seen him have. Getting more looks, obviously, with Thomas out and them being shorthanded and Jared Cook being out. Uh, you know, the 20-yard touchdown, that critical 19-yard gain on third down. Um, I was talking to my friend Luke Johnson. He pointed out a game against Washington not too, you know, maybe a year or two ago where Traquan was really strong. But I just think all things considered, based on what they were missing, what they needed, and as you referenced earlier, his ability to block and kind of just get nasty in that regard to the game, um, I hats off to him. Now, you know, there's some fans saying, all right, this is great, and it's not going anywhere. I don't know. I mean, we've seen some flashes from Traquan for sure. But one thing, and, and everyone I've talked to uh, that they've said about Traquan and, 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 and the scouts as well, they said, you know, it seemed like he was out there thinking a lot, and now the game's just, he's so comfortable, the game's secondary. Confidence-wise, when he has it, he's just a different player. He seemed confident on Sunday, and I hope there's some carry over there because, you know, if and when Thomas comes back this week, uh, Breeze, you know, if you break down, if you, you know, like a guy like Underhill or Deuce Wyndham, all of these things to, to Traquan Smith, they're not always going directly to him. I mean, a lot of times Breeze isn't looking that way. Glass half full approaches, hey, now there's some more chemistry. Now there's some more trust. Maybe he'll look there more often. Glass half empty approaches, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of just it's it's a it's going to come and go. He's going to have good games here and there, but for the most part, you're not going to get, you know, breakthrough performances from Traquan Smith. Are you glass half full, glass half empty or just, you know what, a glass but with a top on it? You're just not sure when it comes to Traquan. Where are you at on Traquan Smith? I I think you're going to continue to see him in so I don't know if that's the half full or half empty. That's half full right there, man. That's half full. Okay, half full. I'll give you reasons why. I, I've been surprised it's taken this long because I remember, you know, his rookie year, seeing him at practice, and there was a reason that he was the story of training camp. I mean, you saw his physical ability. You saw early on that first training camp, one of he was, it was basically almost a play of the day. I mean – he would go up against Lattimore and snatch the ball, come down, land on his back, not drop it. Drew Brees ran. I still remember the play, far sideline. He ran over and congratulated Traquan on the catch. Um, I, I've been actually surprised that it's taken this long. And I think um, he might allude to it to an extent. Look, we just got done talking about why they have that streak and why they've done so well against the spread and all that. And, and I said it was because you're a veteran team and you have a team that's talked about and, you know, um, promoted as a team that's a Super Bowl contender, et cetera. Well, that, that's not always easy to come in and be a young player and, and, and adapt to that. And, and I don't think it's, it's to say that he can't handle it or he's not. It just sometimes it takes a little time. Um and it's hard. This is a very complex offense. This isn't um, something you just walk into. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is an NFL vet. God, he's had great seasons. He's won Super Bowls. And he said going into that Packer game, he's still trying to figure out 15 you know, plays or he's got only 15 down and you know, he's trying to wrap his head around it. And, and then you saw him figure some things out and earn that trust against Green Bay. And then the week after that, what did you see? You saw him be able to play like himself and free and get that, what, touchdown 
and, and, and six, you know, catches and things of that nature. So he, the more comfortable gets to the offense, can just go out there and play and, as you said, not think. Um, what they've asked from Traquan, because I think they think he can handle it, is to learn all of the positions. They put him into Michael Thomas's spot. Um, but he also, when Michael Thomas is there, plays another spot. So that's understanding a lot more of that offense. You've seen veterans have trouble. Josh Hill, who's been here forever. Um, you know, Cook, who's been here enough. They struggle with the timing and spacing the first couple of weeks with Drew Brees. You know, Traquan Smith, it, it's expected. So I, I think from what I've seen with him, he has all the tools. Again, it goes to my initial breakdown of where I view this team right now, Scott, that I think you're going to see a run because everything that has hindered them from the record we thought they should be at is something that's correct. It's not deficient. They're not deficient in talent at receiver. They probably have the most in high. They're not deficient on the offensive line. They're not deficient at the running back position. Drew Brees may not be elite, but very good is still really good. You know, I mean, how many elite QBs do you have out of 30? I mean, you've had one. So, Father Time smacks on you every now and then. I mean, the guy isn't good. Um, You have really good defensive players that need to step up and play better or to their capability or together. So, all of that improves and gets better, and I feel the same way with Traquan Smith. I, I thought that catch to secure the game and get the first down might have been his biggest catch at the same. And while that game is only win two of this season, I think it goes a long way in him just saying, you know what, if I can do that, why not? And again, I don't even think it's confident, but I do think that for some reason when I think of Traquan and maybe other fans, maybe other media, that drop pass his rookie year to the Cowboys for some reason always pops up. And I wonder if it pops up for you and me and the Saints fan. I wonder if it doesn't pop up with him. You know, I wonder if he just don't sit there and maybe not even him, but maybe Drew goes, man, I, I, I'm under pressure. I, I don't know. You know, I know he's open. I don't know. And, and maybe I don't know if Sean says, look, man, I really need a big play here, but I'm going to 13. I can't, I don't trust 10 yet. So I think that's why that catch might turn out to be as big as any other. Because if the Saints can develop another option other than Michael Thomas that might possibly get the ball on third down, where I think they actually have three, or the potential of three, now you're talking about an offense that's going to be hard to stop. Because if you want to throw in Kamara, that could be four. Because I do think Sanders is a guy that you can depend to catch the ball and get open. And if Traquan can get open and hold on to the ball, that's one, and we know Michael Thomas is. So if I can line up on third and whatever, and the defense legitimately doesn't know where I'm going, and if you can switch that to where, you know, conversely it's like when Taysom Hill gets in, everybody in the world knows what's coming. If I can line up and the defense doesn't know if that slant's going to Thomas, Sanders, Traquan, or wheel route or screen or a dump ball to Kamara. If I can get it to that point, Scott, now we could be a Super Bowl contender. 
but they have that capability. They have it there. I trust Sanders on a catch. Traquan's earning my trust. I know Thomas can, and good Christmas, I know what Kamara can do. So if I can get it to that point, Scott, the sky's the limit for this offense, man. It really legitimately is. That's why that game for those two guys was as big as anything last week. No doubt about it. Gus Kattengauer, Saints and Pelicans correspondent. Good stuff from him. And, um, Gus, man, I appreciate you uh, making the time this week. As always, we're going to do our best to stay safe here and uh, prepare for this storm. But in the meantime, all the best to you guys in NOLA. And uh, hopefully hopefully we all have power Monday night and I can watch this Saints game. But uh, if not, I'll listen to it right here on ESPN 1420. In the meantime, man, um, at some point when we talk, especially with the NBA Finals possibly ending tonight, maybe Sunday or Tuesday at the latest, I would bet on tonight, uh, we'll, we'll have a new head coach of the Pelicans we could talk about as well. But uh, in the meantime, man, we'll let you run. All the best to the family. Enjoy the time with the kid. And uh, you guys stay safe as always, though, um, you know, the storm's not heading that way. It's heading right here. So we'll do our best to do that as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, y'all be safe, man. I love you guys, obviously, over there in Acadiana. And not just the cracklings, the friendships I've developed over there, man. It just, it's one of those things that just stinks with something like this, right, where you get happy when it's not your way, but you know what that means. Somebody else, it is coming their way. So, um, you know, it's, it is what it is when we live down here. So just be safe, man. Look forward to talking to you next Friday. Appreciate it as well, my friend. Take care.